A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've been made a very tempting offer by WCW. <laughs> Hands over a piece of paper from Wine Collector Weekly. <laughs> the boyhood dream has come true. All of you to me. You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Myself and the click are going to dance all over your face. Talk about your psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Welcome to the Cultaholic Classic. Rawr of you. Why are you laughing, Jackie Orlando? I just remembered a funny animal I'd seen. Oh, what was the funny animal? A sheep. Oh, <laughs> they are hilarious. Oh. We are here via our Icon Pro Power DeLorean back in 1996, watching every episode of Monday Night Raw until its end or ours. Who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the malignant mayor, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando from Cultaholic.com. Jackie, hello. Hello. Cultaholic Live is on the horizon. I know. We can confirm Jackie Orlando will be present. Yeah, because I was given I was given the uh the kind of notion that I was the final piece of the puzzle. You are the final piece of the puzzle. Because <laughs> everyone just went, ah, oh, shit, it's a Saturday, and he has very, very well-drawn-out boundaries. Yeah, we have to kick one of your boundaries down on this particular Saturday, but we was, were surprised to know that you're willing to put a shift in. Oh, yeah. So that- <laughs> I'm the hardest-working man in showbiz. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've always been game to do something like this. It's just always one of those that I need... Enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of notes. Enough of a run-up. Yeah. Picture this. Picture this. Right. Crisis on Infinite Assholes live. I mean, imagine such a thing. We're, we're, we're gonna have to be on our best behaviour. Are we though? Well, we, I don't think we can say. Are we though? Fuck piss. We yeah. It's Wank. gonna be on the YouTube. So if if it's slightly so, Coldsaholic live. Uh, coming to Little Buildings in Newcastle. We are sold out. We sold out within a day. Uh, well, within a day. Sold that, out. That's after you put my name on the marquee. Yeah, it was. It up. The first 10 minutes, it was like tepid. And then Jackie Orlando appeared in the small print. Whoop, they've all gone. Well, how did that happen? Jackie Orlando effects. Sold out within a day. If you come in, thank you along. Come along uh, for Crisis on Infinite Arseholes live. Uh, we are, it will, if you aren't able to be there live, it will be on the YouTube channel mm. soon after. Which therefore means, and I, I mean, it's a blessing that we get to go on the YouTube channel and do some nonsense. It means we can't fucking swear. Twat. Bastards. 
chickens. Uh, we can't do all our best swears. Yeah. So we'll get them all out of our system in the next couple of weeks. I was saying to Sean the other day to just sum up how our job is after um, I had to message Adam about a script edit. I was like, just just so I've got it right. He's like, we're not allowed to say shit for cunt, are we? He said, yes. And uh, nothing in the first however many minutes and no cock. He's like, everything else fucking great. And I was like, so. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first 15 seconds are apparently yeah. the most crucial on a YouTube video. But uh, but we'll, we'll we'll wind back on the swearing, which is a shame for all involved. But Crisis on Infinite Arseholes Live. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Loads of other good stuff as well in conjunction with North Wrestling, which presents All Roads Lead North. On the first weekend in February, uh, thank you to Andrew Bowers and the team at North Wrestling uh, for co-existing with us for that particular one. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. How's your week been, Jackie Orlando? All right. I've been away. You have been away, haven't you? I've been in the countryside. How was the countryside for you? It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a very nice weekend away, but I am a city boy as much as you can be a city boy. What is what is your um, malfunction with country life? Too quiet. Yeah. Too quiet. Far too quiet. Like I live in a town at the moment and that's too quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's I've just I've always um well for a, a lot of my adult life lived in the heart of cities and I like that kind of ah oh, it's 2 a.m. I need sushi. Don't worry, I know four places. As opposed to the countryside, I was like, oh, I need some bread. It's like, don't worry, you can walk for six hours and get a loaf. <laughs> so like the Hovis commercial going up a hill on your bike. Do, 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 do. Our man walked two days to get some... <laughs> what was that? Go <laughs> to go get some bread. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone who enjoys it. We were in um, a small town called Grassington. Grassingdon, tin in the Yorkshire Dales. Very picturesque little village. Very cute. I bought Bob Mortimer's new book. Ooh. Satsuma Complex. Not nice. read it yet. Read a couple of pages last night, and I was like, oh, I'm quite sleepy. I've only read four pages. I'm going to sleep. Because <laughs> we drove home. Um, but it's Sean's sister is and her boy, boyfriend are very... They love like going the lakes and going these countrysides and going on big yomps and going to little country pubs. And at one point he said, "Oh, you could, oh I could move here this second, couldn't you?" And I just went, "No." I was like, "No," and he's like, "What do you mean? All you need is the internet and a good pub." And I went, "I'm trying to get off the internet and I don't drink." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like it doesn't mean anything to me." Yeah, your camera pubs. Yeah, your camera shy if anything. Like, you could put me in the middle of I don't know war-torn Basra and I'd just. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so is that an option as opposed to grassing just well it'd be it'd be it'd be more lively but grass is a lovely place like I said we went to some abbey Bolton Abbey it's called it's not actually in Bolton there was sheep and good trails and everything and it was nice nice to visit but I just after like a couple of days I'm just like I need I need to be I need I need, I need the option of sushi at 2am yeah <laughs> I don't necessarily need sushi at 2am I just need the option of sushi well at I said to Sean I was like I need to be near sushi she was like when was the last time you ate sushi I was like I don't know I don't eat it that often but just knowing it's there mm. just keeps me going but but it was again really nice weekend away but lovely I can only do a couple of days before I'm just like crawling the walls <laughs> a bit like that sometimes with some sometimes I'm like that but then other times like I when I stop I full stop 
Yeah. When we went to the Maldives, I just full stop. Mm. Like to the because I because I, I think I go at a million miles an hour, and when I when the wheel when I'm off the wheel, it's like you've got to really pull me. Yeah. To get me back on the wheel again. See, whereas for me is if someone says, "Oh, let's get away from it all," I just want just a different city. Yeah. At the same pace, <laughs> just where I won't bump into anyone. I'm just like, yeah, great sound. Oh, oh, they speak. I know Taiwanese, eh? Fantastic. Oh, I'll have a hot dog in the street at 4 a.m. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's like, it. You want all the accoutrement <laughs> yeah. of living in a city, but a different city. Yeah. I don't blame you. So that's that's how my bread's buttered. No. How, how are you? How have you been? All fine. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, Pablo had his vet visit yesterday. After his, recording. After his phantom limb. Uh, well, the phantom, <laughs> my favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> uh, the, the phantom limb happened, but he had a vet visit booked in anyway. Mm. Because, now I said this to my dad. And my dad was like, what are you doing that for? Like, he was, he thought it was weird. Like, Pablo has an annual checkup. Yeah. That's all right. That's, that's, that's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, he was, because I thought, is this a, it's just because he was a street cat. Yeah. Like, we, we, we adopted him in 2019. We, we brought him to our, to his new forever home in 2019. But he was living on the streets for that. We had no trace of who his owners were, where they'd gone. And he was just living rough and tumble. So we brought him home. So we don't know his backstory. Mm-hmm. So every year, like, well, the first two years we had him, like, he had his checkup and then he had some vaccinations done. But this year, he's all topped up with his vaccinations. So he just had like a, he just had like a check over and we do it every year. And I'm just like in January, just it's time for his checkup. Yeah. And uh, he's a, he's a healthy boy. They're very happy with him. Yeah. A little bit chunky, but not too bad. We'll say it in front of him. There's one bit where like, <laughs> like, cause obviously he's 10. So I'm always, I'm just anxious of like, he's a senior cat now. Mm. And uh, I want to make sure that he's all right. And all this stuff, they check his mouth, his teeth and gums are all lovely. And at this point, cause we, I was asking about like comforting sprays, and stuff for him for like when he goes to stay with friends like if we go away for a bit he'll go and stay with a friend and uh, and he was really taken by the nurse like he was rubbing his head against the nurse and like being a right tart and she said well the spray that funny enough like the, we've had this spray in the in the van today so he's probably smelling that on me and he was like, oh, this is lovely. So, like, okay, so what's that called that you've got on? <laughs> we'll have some of that. Chanel number five. Chanel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Shimiao> number five. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So loved her, loving life, checking his teeth. And now he's going, oh, actually, this is an invasion. Bullshit. Stop it. And so she checks the muscles in his front legs. And then, like, she checks his back legs. And to do it, she, she, along with her assistant, they get him to do, like, this sort of yoga stretch. Yeah. And I think, I've never seen him, like, that long before. And he was fine until one point where they touched his leg. And he went, ah! Like, oh, okay. I said, is that a problem? He said, well, he's about 10. So, like, we have to check the muscles to make sure. I said, he probably hasn't used that muscle in, like, a c- c- couple of years. And, like, his body's gone, ow, that hurts. It's like, it's like us. It's like, it, I said, it's the equivalent of, because Alex and I are like, a bit of a health kick. Because Alex and I are doing planks the other the other morning. And I was like, like, how everything hurts, because they're probably muscles that we haven't worked in ages. So he was, like, proper put out by that. And he was in a grump the rest of the night. I go, can't believe we do that. But... He's, he's a, as for those who want a Pablo update, he's a healthy, happy boy. Um, obviously, as he is 10, um, it's the case of keeping an eye on him. Mm. Uh, we, we've been recommended 
to get some little oil that you can put in his food that just helps his joints. Okay. So stop sort of like all cats get arthritis eventually. So it's a case of just sort of staving off some of the symptoms and giving him as long and healthy a run as mm. as we possibly can. But hey, he's doing all right. Good they're lad. happy. They're happy. Good lad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah proud of you, mate. Yeah. Just like, don't talk to me. She made me do stretches. <laughs> furious. He was furious. Was he planking as well? He, I think they. They looked like at one point he was planking. Like they weren't. Her, obviously, they're nurses and they know what they're doing. They yeah. weren't harming him, but they're obviously stretching his bones and joints to make sure there was nothing untoward. And it's just that one bit on his one back leg where he went. Meh! Like, I haven't heard him meow like that since that time I accidentally caught his paw in the window. <laughs> Poor little bastard. I know. Oh, my God. The guilt was real. The guilt was real. Because <laughs> cats... I read a, a tweet that said cats and dogs can't comprehend an accident. Mm. I was like, oh, my God. So whenever, like, if you, if, you know, if you have a pet dog and you accidentally, like, walk through and you accidentally, you know, land your foot on him or something, he thinks you've done that on purpose. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Oh no! I hate that. The amount of times where, like, I maybe, maybe I walked out in the middle of the in the middle of the night, and just suddenly felt like this furry thing next to my foot, and meh! <laughs> I felt like, oh, he thinks I've kicked him on purpose. It's like, no, dickhead, you were in the hallway in the dark. Apart from that one time, you did kick him on purpose. Yeah, did. When he ate all your pate. Yeah, it was that? Yeah, I, you, I love my bloody love my pate. Loves his pate. Oh, loves it. <laughs> I'll say one more. <laughs> bloody love my pate. Could get him some Melba toast. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I think they read news on Channel 9 a while ago. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melba Toast. I'm going to show you what I'm going to show you a picture before we move on to uh, cat, move on from cat talk and to other things. I was going to say, it's not just your ass, is it? Again, no, it's not my he's got me time. before. I've got you with this before. That's later, <laughs> you cheeky devil. Um, I stayed up late Tuesday night, just gone uh, to Monday night into Tuesday morning to do live reactions mm. for Raw 30th anniversary. Fun show. Good time. I did see that it opened with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart, who played no part in the first 10 years of Raw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. I think Hogan turned up maybe once, yeah. and then and then I think was never on it again. But yes, he was a big part of the history of Raw. And you know what? Raw was the Raw and the, co- and the gods of the universe responded to this in kind by having his microphone fucking cut out. Good. You're not allowed to talk. This isn't your party. Yeah. So I stayed up to watch that. We did live reactions. We had a lovely time. And um, so I got in about five in the morning, made Alex a coffee because that's normally when she's waking up. So I saw her off to work and then uh, I went to bed. But I said, <laughs> what had happened is, as I'd, uh, I, I think she went to work and then I think I think I got out of bed for something and uh, I walked into the hallway, saw the cat and I went, oh, are you on hallway patrol? Are you doing hallway patrol? Oh, good boy doing hallway patrol. Went down to pet the cat. That was what I petted. <laughs> uh, if you're on the Patreon, you're seeing it now. I will describe it is my, it's a pair of my black walking boots, <laughs> which I'd mistaken for the cat because <laughs> I was overtired. Good boy. <laughs> Bad boy watching going, why is the dickhead talking to the shoes again? <laughs> Just That's that's what sleep, sleep deprivation does to you. Yeah. Talking fantastic. to your shoes. That, that's there you go. I've got that to look forward to. Fantastic. Yeah, what a future you've got to look forward to. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that, bollocks. That's not what you're here for. Apparently, some people are. Um, we will have a quick mailbag question before we get into the show. So, Jackie Orlando has the notes from this week's Wrestling Observer. It's a girthy observer. It's girth observer. I remember last week we said it's going to get girthy going forward. And <clears throat> boy, howdy, is it already gone girthy? <laughs> it's the Monday Night Wars. It bloody is the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. 
Before we get into that, though, very quick one. Question of the week on the email. Thank you for these. Classic at cultaholic.com. Adam Warrington writes, Hi, Tom and Jackie Orlando. Hope you are both well. And as always, thank you for the great entertainment you always give us. Sometimes you're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks, says Adam. How is Jackie Orlando getting on with the shark hoover? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, o- only serious questions here. <laughs> so you got a shark hoover recently. It's really good. Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh, I never thought that I could um, love a vacuum, but here we are. <laughs> Sean just keeps going. You should be careful going at court doing that. <laughs> oh, God, what can I say? The suction is... Oh, the su- <laughs> It's a. It's got fucking headlights on it. No. <laughs> Switch it on. It goes whoa, and he's like, yes. It's so you can see under crevices to see. It lights up all the dust. But it's like, well, yeah. But if you're under a couch, I'm not like six inches tall. So I can go, oh yeah, I hadn't seen that bit of dust that's been lit up now. Um, it's yeah, it's very good. How do Louie and Poppy get on with it? Uh, okay. The the they're not terrified of vacuum cleaners, but they don't like them. If they're on the floor with it, they're not keen. But like Poppy just has been sleeping in a basket recently, like some kind of giant baby <laughs> with blankets on. I was hoovering by it and she was just like watching from the, the basket as if to say, well, I'm all right up here. Continue. Mm. But if she was on the floor, she'd be like, right, I'm uh, I'm, I'm off. I'm off to see a man about a dog. They, they don't hang around to see no. what the crack is with him. So, but I, I always make a, uh, a point that if I am hoovering in the nearby, I'll give him a little stroke on the head to say, it's okay. It's just something it. that I can't explain to you. <laughs> this, this Why have my... you brought the monster out again, Dad? It's my new wife. <laughs> That's your mother you're speaking of. Shark. <laughs> it sounds like shark. <laughs> it does, yeah. It means your tattoo's easy to change. Oh, yeah. Am I stuck on a shark? And like, oh. <laughs> I love you, shark, Sean. <laughs> What's nothing? But yes, it's it's. Uh, I'm not being sponsored by the the corporation that makes this particular bl- brand of vacuum cleaner, but it's it's very good. nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, a double pronged question: <laughs> How much of the big Toblerone does Tom have left? Ooh. So uh, at the Cultaholic Christmas party, there was bingo hosted by Adam Pacitti. Get your dabbers out, and my wife to be, uh, Alexandra Helena Booth. One in the final round of bingo, a massive Toblerone, like a novelty-sized Toblerone. Massive. I only saw Huge. it wrapped up because everyone just went, oh, well, that's a Toblerone because it was Toblerone-shaped. What else could it be? Mm. But then seeing it, it's like, that's got to be multiple ones, in it? And then lifting up, saying, oh, that's quite hefty. Can confirm full-size, yeah. full-girth Toblerone inside this one thing. Um, we started with eight triangles. Yeah. I think we're down to four. Because last time I spoke to you about it, you said you'd melt the down part of it and we're eating yeah. with a spoon and feeling sad. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? It's like, it's. I, I can only equate that it's a bit like getting a prostitute in your 40s if you're single. Yeah. In the sense of like, there is a deep excitement about the experience. You really enjoy it and then you feel really dirty and sad after. Mm. <laughs> I, again, I might I might be doing the, the, the prostitute service a great disservice. Sex work is work. Support. Course. Everyone on OnlyFans. Um, but I just, I, I don't think I can equate it to. Yeah. that sort of, you know, <laughs> it makes sense because there's almonds in it. There's a, a sense of, um, what's it the word? It makes sense because there's almonds in it. Post, what's the <laughs> phrase? What's the phrase I heard recently? Is it post, post-coital? Post-nut oh. um, awareness. Yes. Post-nut awareness? Yeah. That. It's a bit of that. <laughs> I think there's a line in spaced about it, isn't there? Yeah. About post-not awareness. Yeah, like, um, 
You know what I mean. Yeah. Where you're suddenly very uh, yeah conscious Re- of like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you're suddenly covered in Toblerone chocolate. And like, oh God, I'm a monster. You take the belt from around your neck. You <laughs> close you, the video <laughs> of a all of monkey <laughs> bum on a the, car. The video... <laughs> The video's finished, and you just catch your own sad reflection in the black mirror. You covered in Toblerone. As your phone pings and your mum WhatsApp, and you're asking oh, if you're all right. I hate that. It yeah. ruins it all for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, about four bits of the about four bits left. Might have one tonight and go through the whole process again. <laughs> the cycle resumes. Let's get into Raw. Post Nut Clarity. That's the one I was reaching for. Post nut clarity. <laughs> we can't say this on Cotholic Live, so we're saying it. We're getting out of the way now. Post nut clarity. There's a good chance this all gets cut. <laughs> <laughs> we should drop some things in. We should plan some words that aren't swears mm. that YouTube will tick off, but everyone who listens to this knows what we're saying. Yeah. Like we like instead of like if we say like the code word for ah oh, fuck is oh hedgehogs. <laughs> <laughs> when we say, oh, hedgehogs, everyone knows that we're swearing. And so bollocks, I'll say, blimsters. Blimsters, that way you go. Okay, when you hear blimsters, <laughs> you know he means bollocks. <laughs> Eat that, Keith YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, you running the YouTube. You wazzock. Moving the goalposts every day. We're not going to tell you what you did, but change it and never do it again. We're, we're going to put an American conservative point of view on this worldwide content. It's, yeah. It's when they announced that um, cunt was... Uh, a hateful term against women. It's like that, that only what? Appla- that only applies in America. It's like you've therefore just, on. <laughs> you, you've crippled Scottish, Irish, and Australian YouTube straight away. Yeah, OSW is in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> that's half their content. Bless but I, I told Pachiti that, and he just went, Jesus fuck, <laughs> <laughs> what a cunt, <laughs> what a cunt. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's it's it is getting a bit conservative. Here's a little bit in it. Mm. I'm all right. Yeah, look, I get it. I get it. You yeah. want to be sponsor friendly and all that stuff. It's just, if you're going to move the goalposts, why not tell us where they are? Yeah. Don't try and start. guide just us. Start. Don't catch us out. Guide us. Yes. Yeah, that's it. We all want to be guided rather than caught out. Was it... Um, caught short. Was it Wrestling Bios, I think? Because obviously Wrestling Bios is very... Have we talked about this recently or have I been sniffing glue again? Um... Because he's got a very thick Northern Irish accent. And yes. I'm sure he was saying count. Like oh, three count. And it picked it up saying, you've count. said cunt. <gasps> really? And because it's like either a robot or just someone who's just following a script, who's like, I haven't. And they were like, well, it says here you have. And he's like, listen to it. Listen to the context. Why would I say? And then Hogan got the three cunt. It doesn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> you've talked here about giving people the cunt of three. Mm. <laughs> like, so That's three cunts. So you're definitely struck <laughs> Yeah, so Keith YouTube, gonna find you, <laughs> burn your house down. Uh, <laughs> it's house burned down. It's house burned down. <laughs> so this is where we get into Monday Night Raw uh, for June the tenth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, so we are back now in June tenth, nineteen ninety six. Number one in the UK charts is the Fugees' "Killer Me Softly." I expect that'll be there for a while. I think I'll be there for a little while. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, meet me at the crossroads. Still going on, yeah. Still kicking on. Yeah. Still going for a while, yeah. Whoa. Great song. Uh, up Close and Personal, still number one in the UK movie mm-hmm. chart. Uh, number one in the US movie chart is The Rock. 
starring Sean Connery. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm surprised I haven't because it's Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage in Alcatraz. Yeah. That's a, as, a, as a fucking premise, that's amazing. That's basically what it is. Yeah. It's the story of the Pentagon assigning a team comprising of an FBI chemist and a former SAS captain with a team of SEALs to break into Alcatraz. Why did a dog noise? To break into Alcatraz where a rogue general and rogue group of Marines have seized all the tourists on the island and are threatened to launch rockets filled with nerve gas upon San Francisco unless the government pays $100 million to the next of kin of 83 men who were killed on missions that the general led and the Pentagon denied. Four stars some funny bits. (laughs) That is too much exposition. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm just happy that they let um, Sean Connery play a Brit because usually it's just like, ah, here's this very Scottish man with a very Scottish accent. This time he's a Spaniard. This time <laughs> yeah. he's a... Was he a U-boat captain once? He was. Or was that Michael Caine? Hunt for Red October, wasn't he a U-boat captain? Oh, maybe, yeah. Hunt for Red October. <laughs> I uh, see. This boat is very German, <laughs> like me. That's a great <laughs> Sean Connery! It's because... Like Do Sean, that live! Like Sean Connery. Live. I am a Spanish man. Amazing! <laughs> it's because it's that Spaniard blood that runs through you. That's amazing, Sean Connery impression. Thanks. Kept that quiet. Well, it's never had to come up before. Why was that not on your CV? Well, we also have Fraser in the office, and unlike Jack King, <laughs> I don't just start impersonating people's accents because he'll just sit there and he'll just go, "Oh bloody hell!" And I'll just be like, "I'm behind you, Jack. Yeah, you get ahead, but you would have said I can hear what you're saying." Um, the Euros are underway. Mm. Speaking of Scotland, they, on this particular day of Monday Night Raw, uh, they face uh, Netherlands at Villa Park and draw nil nil. Yeah. Uh, later in the week, they'll face England and lose two nil at Wembley. Yeah, where Paul Gascoigne scores one of the greatest goals of all time. Oh, is that where is that where the goal is scored? Flicks it over his head, yeah. hits it on the volley pass. I think he leaves Colin Hendry in the mud, blasts it through, lies on the floor, and they all just pour Lucas Aid into his mouth. Oh, <laughs> is that what it was? It's the first football tournament I remember because. World Cup 94, I would have been five going on six, so probably a bit young for it. But mm. this one obviously got swept up in Euros. Oh, God, yeah. Whole remember, country. Remember crying when England went out? Same. And then I cried after they went out of World Cup 98, and then I just didn't care about England anymore. That was it. Like, yeah. you've been burned too many times now. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm a club over country guy. That's oh. that's that's how I am. <laughs> I, which which club is it for people who aren't sure? It's Liverpool FC. Of course it is. Because <laughs> what else would it have been? Yeah, because when it comes to England, it's like, oh, you're supporting Harry Kane. I'm like, no. I support Liverpool. I support Liverpool. Our star player is an Egyptian Muslim. I'm just like, if most England fans had it their way, he wouldn't be allowed in the country. No, I'm not having any part of this. People are exhausting, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. People are exhausting. I'm not one of these who's just like, oh, I'm glad England go out. I just don't have a, a horse in the race. I just like watching good it's football. like watching good football, yeah. as you should. Yeah. And we like watching subpar wrestling. Yeah. That's why we're here. Um now, we're going to get into this week's episode of Raw in a bit, which will feature some King of the Ring qualifiers and some other good stuff. But there is a lot to dissect in the world of wrestling this week. Let's throw it to the rambunctious Jackie Orlando I've, for his notes from the Wrestling Observer. I've had to print my notes double-sided to <laughs> save on paper this week. Right, so Strap in. It's the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated June 17th, 1996. And it's been turbulent recently mm. it, it feels like like the wars have just been like a little bit of slapping i'm sorry for touching you there. Sorry, I can touch uh, but but now it's someone's pulled a knife and it's 
going mad. So we had Scott Hall turn Call an up. ambulance, but not for me. Oh, no! <laughs> so, um, as we know, Scott Hall's in WCW. But, Wrestling Observer, June 17th, 1996. This is obviously a lot of Dave Fudge. I've tried to cut out as much as possible, but it, there is so much information we need in this. The latest chapter of The Truth is Stranger Than Fiction and Truth Sometimes is Fiction Saga of Brian Pillman came on June 7th when he signed a three-year contract with the WWF. Dun, 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 dun. It's happened! I love Brian Pillman. Pillman. Pillman's in. Pillman's in. So his contract with WCW expired on April 17th, two days after suffering a Hummer crash near his home in Cincinnati. He had been negotiating with both WWF and WCW in the interim, going back and forth between the sides. We've covered this in bits and bobs. Yeah, so he's negotiating a deal while still kind of sort of nudging his wink wink on the books for WCW. Yeah, and WCW just like, he's coming back any day now. And he turns up in ECW, threatens to get his cock out, ends up in a crash. Everyone's like, is this guy shooting? Or He's amazing. <laughs> you should have written his book. Sorry, my mate Liam, Liam. O'Rourke. Hello, Liam. <laughs> but Jack Atkins just summed it all up in less than 20 seconds. <laughs> Trying to get his cock out and got in a crash. <laughs> um, we've all been there. We've all been there. So the belief was that WCW had the upper hand because Brian Pillman had a large family and the WWF's traditional non-guaranteed contracts made leave and WCW WCW, because of his family, it was too large of a financial risk. Mm. WCW, from what I understand at this, it's not that it's an easier payday, but it's a, it's a bottomless bank account, basically. Yes. WWF are going up against the, you know, they're making cuts wherever they can. There was the stuff with, was it when Raw started and they were only getting paid something daft like $20 a night? Undertaker getting $20 to wrestle a match on Raw. Not worth a wank, is it? It's not worth a wank. So it's not worth the post, not clarity. <laughs> here is some Dave Fudge. So again, I apologize. Dave Meltzer tends to write as jazz happens. Yes. So it's sometimes a little bit free for. Yeah, there's an art to it. And if you tune into it, it can be brilliant. But if you're not, it can leave you an anxious puddle of piss. <laughs> I'm a big jazz fan. Sometimes it leaves me an anxious puddle of piss. And I just have to f <laughs> throw my laptop out the window. I'm just like... <laughs> what, once while in a particularly... Uh, anxious and depressive episode i decided to listen to bitches brew by miles davis after too much coffee and i nearly melted into a couch <laughs> i just went i went I, I can't i can't i can't i really can't um and then stopped so brian pillman <laughs> he continued his quest to become a one-man manipulation machine by continually getting stories out everywhere that he was close to signing or leaning towards signing with wwf largely to up his price with wcw we've heard this before classic negotiation yeah tactic. yeah yeah oh x uh, so and so have offered me x amount would you offer me a couple of quid more so usually this wouldn't really be a thing if WCW was saying, nah, we're only paying you this much. You can't have it, whatever, go to WWF. We'd seen it in the past with big stars going back and forth. But because we're in this war now and because things are getting nasty, people are just wanting talent. They want to keep hold of anything. So Bischoff didn't want to lose a key piece of talent to his opposition after the whole Mark Merrow thing was blown out of proportion. So he's trying to save face. He's like, I don't want to give WWF another young, half-decent star because it's going to make us look shite. Not that Bischoff and Pillman wasn't serious. Sorry, not that uh, Pillman wasn't seriously considering WWF all along. The WWF's advantage is that if Pillman were to get over, he could be pushed right to the top because its top star Shawn Michaels matches up to him size-wise. Even though it's known as the land of the giants in the new generation, it's the land of the athletic smaller guys, really. Mm -hmm. Even though they're still over six foot. 
With WCW, obviously, there's a glass ceiling. His future in WCW was he'd probably be eventually positioned as the focal point of the cruiserweight division, which, as it stands now, is a kiss of death as far as main event potential. As a as far as a move to bolster his career, WWF is better at getting people over and better for his specific upward mobility. Yeah, that works better for him. Yeah. WCW offices stars more money and an easier schedule is generally the place for financial security and family compatibility, which is generally more important over the age of 30 once wrestlers have children, etc. So if you're like under 30, unmarried, and just getting your knob out, <laughs> who cares, you know. <laughs> so... He goes on about, you know, the the confusion we've had in the newsletters, WCW not knowing what Pillman's doing, etc. With his WCW contract at 225 grand a year running out a month before his 34th birthday. So, obviously, after he got hot after the whole Booker Man thing, going to ECW, getting some buzz, WCW slash Hulk Hogan wanted to bring Pillman back, didn't they? Because Hogan wanted to work with him. Because Hogan wants some of that heat. He wants he's to like squash a, him. <laughs> he's, like squash, he's, like a, he's like a heat vampire. It's yeah. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so you, you'll know more about this than I do, that WCW started advertising Brian Pillman saying he was coming back. Yeah, and, and weirdly, like the way that this, the tapings for Saturday Night sort of line up, he'd mm. done a run-in on a Hogan match during an episode of Saturday Night. Yeah. So like he's already kind of back in, in a mix and he's been mentioned a few times on commentary. Um, and even this is when he's not officially back yet, but they've they've got tapings with him still on that and they've not used yet. They were pushing him to appear uncensored as well. Um, he was going to be part of the uh, the alliance to end Hulkamania. With the tiny pans. The tiny pan that won um, the day. So WCW pushed them. And before this as well, he'd had throat surgery. And WCW was like, oh, he's working us again. We don't know what's real or what's you know, fake, but apparently that throat surgery was real. Yeah, he's had polyps on his throat all yeah. his life. So they That's had... why he's got an amazing voice. He's got that amazing gravelly voice, Eric Young-style gravelly voice. So they, they thought, well, push him for WCW. As a pro, he'll turn up. But he didn't because he was like, well, no. Mm-hmm. Just because you say I'm working uncensored doesn't mean I'm working uncensored. I'm trying to negotiate a new contract <laughs> here. You want to give me 225 grand and push me as a cruiserweight? I don't want that. So when he didn't come in it uncensored, um, some fans got a bit pissed off of WCW saying, what are you doing advertising this fellow? He's not going to turn up. And some in WCW were like, Kevin Sullivan and that were just like, oh, fucking fuck Pillman. <laughs> he's not coming back. And they were just like, he's too small. Vince McMahon won't want him. He'll come crawling oh, back to us. Oh, I don't know. Uh, apparently, McMahon just went, no, he's, he's... McMahon thought that Pillman was legitimately nuts. And he's like, oh, I'm not too sure about this. But in the WWF, Jim Cornette and Jim Ross were in Vince McMahon's ear saying, fucking get him in. It's a work. Don't worry. It's a work. He's brilliant. Get him in. So so McMahon's gone, well, if Jim Cornette and Jim Ross are saying in, we'll try and get him in. So this was all going to plan apart from the car crash. And as Dave's saying, in any other time, a car crash like this would kill his market value. But because WCW and WWF are fighting for such a hot commodity, it's not actually affected his mm. his, his rate too bad. So on the morning of June 1st, Pillman and Eric Bischoff agreed to a three-year deal in WCW, which would pay him a figure believed to be in the range of $1,025,000 in total per year. <sighs> Big jump up from quarter of a mil. Jeez, hell yeah. So, however, Bischoff, when the contract was presented to Pillman's agents, had two provisions in the contract. 
the most important one, that he wanted 90-day cycles built into the contract, which basically meant WCW could terminate the contract if it wished after every quarterly period. The other one was that Pillman wouldn't be flown first class to all his scheduled appearances. Bischoff refused to break on either provision, and reality lost him over the cycles thing. Because B- Pillman's probably like, oh, you know, first class is more comfy, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, if I want signed for a million dollars, I want to be guaranteed that I'll be able to get my million dollars rather than yeah, you, you don't you don't want it to go. Well, we've got the option here every quarter to to opt out. Yeah, because that's almost like that could almost be like an emotional blackmail thing. Yeah, to go hey, the quarter's coming up. We yeah. might not want to use you. Let's go and job to Hogan. And because of the nature of his crash, like he he won't return to the ring for a while. He's not going to be flying Brian anymore. And at this point, they're not even sure what kind of Brian Pillman will come back. So. From Bischoff's point of view, he's like, I don't want to give a million dollars to this fellow who might not be able to wrestle. And I kind of get that. Yeah. But for Pillman, he's just like, why have I got 90-day cycles? Savage, Sting, Luger, Kevin Nash, they don't have 90-day cycles. Why should I? So regardless. It kind of makes it feel like a false promise. Yeah. To give him this big over a million dollar contract. Yeah. With the opt out of, if we want to get rid of you, we can. We can. We can in three Mm. months if we want. But anyway, Bischoff believed the deal was done and that the cycles were simply a negotiating point he was going to win. Pillman was reinserted into the storylines. You won't have got to this yet on Nitro. On June 3rd, clips of his last appearance were aired and we was talked about as part of the beginnings of a potential angle which would have led to a new Four Horsemen versus a veteran Four Horsemen feud with Pillman and Chris Benoit leading a new Horseman feuding against Flair, Arn Anderson, etc. So they were just thinking, WCW was like, right, we're getting him in this contract. We'll start getting this in action. Pillman and Benoit leading it. Blah, 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 that would have been brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Pillman went, thank you. Thank you for this contract. <laughs> Hi, Vince. So they've offered me a million dollars and 25000 <laughs> And McMahon was like, sound. Money terms at this point are not known. There were confidentiality clauses in both sets of negotiations. It is reliably assumed Pillman wouldn't have walked away so quickly from the type of Bischoff, uh, type of money Bischoff had put on the table if he wasn't getting something at least close to as good from WWF, if not better. As, as Davis put, as opposed to McMahon's famous, all I'm offering is an opportunity contract. Mm. From other sources, it is believed in this deal and in a few other recent deals that are being offered by WWF that... Uh, WWF, due to the war of WCW, are starting to offer downside guarantees. This is what I was saying to you recently. That this is, is them going, like, this is a, and this is a major shift in the contract situations anyway, where people yeah. are going, look, regardless of what happens, you're going to at least earn this. Rather than move, rather than going for just per appearance or yeah. whatever, they're going like, okay, whatever happens, this is exactly what you'll get in the year. You will get either exactly this or more. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, Dave goes on to explain that. Um WCW, in its previous contract with Pillman, had a 90-day right of first refusal clause, which means it believes it could hold up the deal and get Pillman if it were to equal the offer McMahon has put on paper. However, and this is why I fucking love Brian Pillman, by taking the worked firing angle after walking out of a strap match with Kevin Sullivan to the extreme, Bischoff and Sullivan, in their attempt, along with Pillman, to work everyone in the company, uh, had the company sent a legal termination letter to Pillman so that no one would catch on that it was an angle. So even though it, it seemed, oh, yeah, it's an angle, he's been fired. Pillman basically said, on paper, fire me. Get a letterhead of paper, fire me. Wow. 
So the termination letter, originally part of the firing angle, but legitimately written by WCW's legal department that also was included in that was work, could nullify this right of refusal clause that WCW have. Wow. Because it states Pillman was fired by WCW rather than the contract expiring. Even if it wasn't the case, WWF has structured two different contracts, one of which would be a 90-day contract as a non-wrestler, since he wouldn't be able to wrestle for a while anyway, which would cover the 90-day right of refusal thing. And then the other 33 months as a wrestling contract. So oh. Brian Pillman has played everyone. This is amazing. This it's, is absolutely amazing. It's the, like one of the only times in wrestling history where a wrestler wins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't many. So, and, and it was legally binding. Like legally termination is legally binding. Just it's so good. It's playing 4D chess. <sighs> You'd be livid if you were Bishop, wouldn't you? No wonder he was so angry. Yeah. He's fucking <laughs> shitting himself with anger. <laughs> Excuse me, a little coffee burp there. There's a little treat for you. Mm. So, Brian Pillman... He shits himself with anger later. I mean, I'm almost to the end of the story. I apologize. No, it's all good. This Brian, is all good stuff. So, Pillman initially wanted to keep the deal a secret and wanted to just show up with no notice of forewarning to WCW. He just wanted to turn up on WWF and just go, Hi, Eric! Oh, my God. Um, with WCW still believing it had the deal. However, word got out later that night when Pillman missed an independent show in Georgia... Eric Bischoff was aware of it the next morning. It was all over the internet and wrestling hotlines. By Monday night, it was plugged on Raw and even on the WWF's own hotline that Pillman had been signed, which we'll hear later. However, it's saying here that um, legit information that the contract would enable Pillman to continue to work independent dates with ECW, could retain his own personal 900 number and independent merchandising, which is unique for a WWF contract. This is a very bespoke contract. Yeah, even to this day, we'd be like, bloody hell, you wouldn't, you'd have to fight tooth and nail to get this. Remember when Samoa Joe turned up in NXT and everyone's like, oh shit, he's actually allowed to keep his name. Yeah. Whereas in 1996, he's allowed to have his own 900 number in indie merch. So reports followed everywhere the next day that Pillman said in Georgia that he'd signed WWF, although he denied it in Georgia and publicly continues to deny it, going on the internet and telling people to quit telling lies about him. <laughs> so WWF doesn't have any problem with him continuing to work with ECW. He's setting up an angle with Shane Douglas. It is expected Pillman's WWF introduction will be with the same gimmick he created for himself at the end of WCW, so the loose cannon. And the introduction will be in a unique non-wrestling manner since he won't be able to wrestle for several more months. So either as an announcer... Or a manager? I seem to remember how they introduced him, and we'll talk about it probably as the weeks go yeah. on. Uh, they held a press conference to announce him. Yes, and he's got lovely hair. Lovely hair, and he's very quiet, yeah. very humble, and a bit teary. Mm. And and that's lovely. It's very wholesome. I'd have preferred him just rocking up on Raw. Yeah. Hi, Eric. That'd have been a proper shot across the bow. Espe- <laughs> especially since they've just done that with Scott Hall. Yeah. Like to oh that'd have been amazing yeah just just have him just like fight through the crowd and just yeah oh I've been brilliant yeah what a shame we didn't get that I get why you you don't, you don't want to overpromise something if you don't know what sort of condition he's going to be in so I do get that yeah right so we still a lot to get through <laughs> besides Brian Pillman Vince McMahon has either come close to or has completed the deal with Ron Simmons oh. Former WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ron Simmons? The very same. Oh, damn! Is a phrase he'll never say. Yeah. When did that become a thing? I think it kind of casually became a thing in sort of 2004 where he'd just say, damn, every so often. I enjoy it, don't get me wrong. But then it became just his only catchphrase by about 2007, 2008. Yeah. Damn. So anyway, the... 
he's expected to come in next set of TV tapings on June 24th, 25th. Apparently, McMahon, Vince McMahon went to Ron Simmons' home in Georgia after the last set of tapings. And then also at those tapings, people we've talked about before, it's expected Jim Neidhart of a new gimmick, Tracy Smothers, Tony Anthony, Alex Porto, Tom Brandy, and Bill Irwin will also start coming in, getting some TV wins to be fed to whoever's at the top. What's nice is there's people that listen to this podcast who don't know anything about this time period and are learning it through us. Yeah. Right? So if you thought the Carrion Cross was the first person that Vince gave a very colourful helmet to. Oh. Phrasing Tom. <laughs> I knew what I meant. <laughs> Think again. <laughs> Think again. Oh, he's oh. in for a ride and a half, is Ron Simmons. Uh, look, it doesn't last long. It doesn't last long, but it lasts for a bit. Yeah. See, I've it never... Exists. I should have done research on it, you know, seeing as it's my job. What were the circumstances about Ron Simmons leaving WCW? Did they just decide they didn't want to use him anymore? I think his contract just expired. Yeah. I, think, I, seemed, I don't remember there being any massive hullabaloo about him going. But again, like I've not really looked yeah. into uh, the story of his departure. It just kind of, it's just his, his contract expired and he went on his merry way. He's, he's certainly no mention of him or anything has popped up on Nitro. It's, it's, it's like he never existed. But it's odd, former WCW champion, first black world yeah. champion in a major company. There is so much history around that win that doesn't really get talked about. No. I think it's really strange. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. Is it, you know, and, you know, Ron Simmons was, as you say, first black world heavyweight champion. It was Beat Vader. Beat <laughs> Vader as well. Yeah. Clean. He's former tag champion at probably the singles Yeah, titles. him and Butch Reed as Doom. Yeah, Doom. Yeah, so there's a lot of story. Teddy Long was their manager. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of history with... I often find it funny how Farouk never really got... Like, he was... In terms of a singles run, which we'll, I think the, we'll get a singles run with him in this year, but he's best remembered as part of the nation's domination and one half of the Acolytes. Yeah. You know? And, and then, even then, as the Acolytes, is more for being the APA rather than the active tag team. And it's funny that on SmackDown, on the classic SmackDown review, we talk... We're into 2001, Matthew Gregg and I, and... On almost like every week now, The Rock is teaming with the APA to fight the Alliance. And it's a, such a strange thing because like, The Rock is just this mega star. Yeah. And then there's Farouk, who's the guy that essentially brought him to prominence. Yeah. And it's just the the the, the Rock has, has so clearly passed him by. Yeah. In terms in terms of like statu uh, in terms of like uh statutes and 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 perception yeah but it's but then you go oh 98 like for he was like fruit was like the rock rock was for whipping boy did they ex explain in kayfabe why the did they i think there was like a passing nod to it but like in like a very quick nudge and wink kind of way but otherwise it's like oh hey apa we know each other through this only like there's no yeah. they don't really lean into it that often it's a rock's like I remember when you told me to fuck off as I was <laughs> bleeding and Ken Shamrock was battering me. Oh, that was great. That was WrestleMania I 14. I do like that Nation of Domination run. Yeah. When The Rock was... As much as we all love The Rock, people seem to gloss over the fact that when you put a chair in his hands, he's a bellend. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bellend. He's a bit wild with those chair shots, isn't he? A little bit, yeah. But amazing that Rocky. Rocky Maivia into The Rock run. Fantastic. Mm, amazing. So, Farouk's on the way, baby. Yeah, Farouk Assad. <laughs> Gladiator of the future. Farouk, uh, Farouk will make you feel as sad, am I right? Uh, More on that in a bit. Like a sad wank. <laughs> it's like a sad, a sad post that clarity. Also this week, it's a man, David Boy Smith. They had their meeting at the offices. Okay, so, so to, to bring you very quickly to speak from last week, um, Bulldog's like, oh, I'm going... 
He sent a fax saying, oh, not happy, Mark, leave. I'd like to think that it was a voicemail left on Vince's thing going, oh, do it. Diane, do I start talking now? No, he's not there. The light's flashing. All right. All right. Hello, boop. <laughs> think I did it. <laughs> and then he leaves in the woods halfway through. He's like, and that's why <laughs> that's why I decided sausage rolls were not profitable. You <laughs> see, what you need to do is beep, he leans on the button, <laughs> comes back and he goes, seventeen elephants. <laughs> and I really think this is what my beep, beep. <laughs> And then I said to him, as the phone clicks, and just I'm going, Hello, oh, do you know what I've got me out? But Tom, I'm on the line! <laughs> Tom! Oh, they just hear Tom, get off AOL! I'm on the phone to Vince! Fuck off, Tinder! Oh, Tom! It's an important phone call! Get off Tinternet! You just go in my chat rooms! No, you don't, Tom! Just imagine this fucking Dynamite Kid in 1996 on dial up with an ashtray piled up to here. <laughs> But he's savvy enough to be on New Japan forums because everyone's saying, Dynamite Kid's amazing. He's like, I am fucking boss. <laughs> and so he's he's not pretending to be... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know it's me. Not Dynamite Kid <laughs> is my username. Wink. I, I mean, he is brilliant. <laughs> he's got a big penis as well, I hear. So after... After uh, Big Dick Tom got off the line, David Boy had sent a fax saying he wasn't happy. And he wa yeah, so he wants gone <laughs> at the end of his deal, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but they were reckoning that it wasn't sincere. It was just David Boy, again, trying to negotiate a new mm. deal. Why not? There's, mo there's money floating about. So apparently during this uh, meeting with Vince McMahon on June 6th at the WWF head office, David Boy told me. Did McMahon, he bring him in a hot dog? He did. Do you want a hot dog? Uh, there's a bit of mustard on my hand. You yeah. can lick it off. <laughs> Don't worry, that's just that's that's dog spit. That it's not man spit. It's fine. It's our station. He's outside. <laughs> Cheer him up by a lamppost. It's, it's fine. Oh, it's just Les, oh. Les the dog. <laughs> Grab a piss, bits before we start. <laughs> Draw anything from the toilet. Bulldog goes sitting back down. This is probably good. Oh, that low hands. That hand lotion's lovely. It's lovely that. Oh, my hands. Oh, I can shag my hands. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> Where'd you get it from? How much was it? Eight quid! <laughs> I get Jesus. I'm getting 450p from back of van. Yeah, fucking Tom's got a card for macro. You'll give me the word. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. So, <laughs> David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. Chairs creaking, Vince. <laughs> Much loved. His chairs wobbly, Vince. Get some I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a beer mat in my pocket. I'll put it on the all right, all right. Sorry, Vince. Carry on. Do you think it's the same tech leagues who make tea? <laughs> Do you know how I take my belt off? <laughs> it's all right. I bought a new belt and the, the nodges are just slightly off. So, like, it's either too loose or too tight. <laughs> Don't mind the smell. It's fungal infection on my toes. <laughs> It'll clear up. I've got some lovely cream. You should try it. It smells like your lotion. Be going, Vince. Come back. <laughs> I think the door's locked. Fucking <laughs> barking outside. One second, Vince opens the window of Vince's office. He starts spitting out. Hercules, stop! <laughs> Hercules, stop it! <laughs> Sorry, dog's barking outside. Sorry, the dog's barking. Do I have a tip of shoes off? 
Have you got any uh, fancy sparkling water? Oh. It's nice. <laughs> it's fine. I'll chuck a dog biscuit out in five minutes. Anyway, what are you saying, Vince? So Davey told uh, Vince... <laughs> he, he told Vince after that absolute shroud that is his life. <laughs> so he told... Oh, that Julie on your reception's quite nice. <laughs> Ask her if she wants a length. <laughs> Then the brisket from Brisket King. Oh, we're branching out. Is he allowed to run all these places, like, under his contract? Well, this is what he's going to try and negotiate. Yeah, fair, fair. So he said he's had a big money deal proposed by WCW, but he also talked of wanting to stay. Uh, Vince McMahon apparently told uh, David Boyd, WWF never planned on doing anything with the uh, recent angle between him, HBK, and Lady Di to embarrass his family. <laughs> And the problem, any problems were supposedly taken care of. At this point, David Boy has agreed, hasn't agreed to stay, but WWF people think the odds of him leaving are lower than they felt with Kevin Nash, Ted DiBiase, Scott Hall, and everyone else. So it looks like Davey, Davey's staying. It's because, you know, here's the truth. Is what happened is he went, I think you'll find, Vince, I've been made a very tempting offer by WCW. <laughs> Hands over a piece of paper from Wine Collector Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> This what do you a... say to that, Vince? Fourteen ninety nine a month. Twenty five percent off Shiraz. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Shiraz? I've got twenty bottles in the van. See, they've given Hogan pasta media. Yeah. What about Wild King? <laughs> Hercules, shut up! <laughs> Sorry, he's barking. Diana, give him a kicking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, how many bottles of wine we got now there? Vince wants. No, you do, Vince. Vince wants one. <laughs> Trust oh, me. Trust us, Vince. You do want You love one. it. How many? 25. Take one out and put it in front. All right, we'll get you a bottle of wine. <laughs> Sorry, Vince, you were saying. Beep. Mr. McMahon, there is a uh, T. Billington down. So, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. Oh, that's up. That's up. followed me. <laughs> he wants the password for the AOL. <laughs> Have you got any of them? Any of them? Say uh, th three month free discs there. <laughs> checking your checking your posh your posh cupboard. You might have some. <laughs> checking your drawers. Bob Holly hasn't given an indication <laughs> that he's <laughs> leaving. <laughs> We've been going for nearly an hour. Uh, <laughs> just, just for, for, the, me in. for the for the people who like us. This is while Raw's 45 minutes. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Because, like, Rumble Mania season's coming up, the plan is we're going to so record, maybe do a couple of bulk recordings. Yeah. Just so we're ahead of the game. So there'll be a couple of weeks where we'll get three or four in the can and then learn... <laughs> Today, I haven't got time to do two in a row. And it's just as fucking well. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might just have to cancel everything on a, on a Tuesday. <laughs> Just do this. Bulldog just needs to stop being funny. I was listening back to our latest episode. Oh, sorry about that. I like, it, it is quite, and it is quite literally an episode. Yeah. <laughs> in, in its psychological form. Oh, because... Uh, 
<laughs> we were in a different room and I just lost the plot. But I listened because, like you said before, we get tweets from people who enjoy the show referencing certain things. Yes, thank you. So I keep on top of it by listening to it. And Sean walked in as me and you were going, oh, bloody fucking bloody yeah. And she went, what is this? And I went, Sean, this is the most popular part of our podcast. Or <laughs> <laughs> screaming in Wigan. So, it's the bit that people love, what can I say? So, it's know. a hit. It's a hit, baby. But yeah, talking of hits, Bob Holly hasn't given any indication that he's leaving imminently, but he's out of action with an ankle injury. Oh, no. Someone who has left, Rad Radford, has no. given his was given his unconditional release rather than expected conditional release. Obviously, they either don't believe WCW would use him or don't care if they do. Spoiler, well, mm-hmm. um, he's expected to start with ECW shortly as he had an ECW start date held back because WWF wouldn't allow him to appear on the shows until he asked for his WWF release. So all the companies that will use Luis Bacoli the best, it will be ECW. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Dreamer to this day refuses to call a Death Valley driver anything other than a Spicoli driver. Mm. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, I like Luis Bacoli. I think he's a good... He's a good worker. He was never obviously going to get pushed in WWF because he's he's a chunky fella. Yeah, they're a bit weird about that, aren't they? Yeah, even at this point they are, and it's a shame because you know you it, we didn't seem really we didn't really get what the character was. No, other than like a a, a name that is very Vince McMahon inspired. Sure, Rad Radford. Rad Radford. Up there was, with John Johnson because he was Madonna's boyfriend in Mexico, wasn't he? Yes. Even that's more of a character than Rad Radford. Yeah. At least you get more of an idea of what Madonna's boyfriend is about. But I like the fact that, like, oh, yeah, WCW aren't going to use him. And as we'll see in a few months, Rad- Radford's good friend Scott Hall would be like, uh, come on. Get on in here. Come on, go with, with me, WCW, Kev. we always hire our mates. I need to look into it more because surely he must be, like, a tertiary member of the clique. Because now they say that Just Incredible's kind of like the fifth Beatle of the click, don't they? Mm. Jeff Jarrett, I think,'s friendly with them. Obviously, Louis Spicoli is as well, because he ends up in, spoiler alert, something I've heard called the New World Organization of Wrestling. Never heard of it. No. Never heard of it. So th- there must be, he must be kind of like... He must be, yeah, he must, as, as you say, like a tertiary member, like him, yeah. and, him and Just Incredible, like at the back of the at the back of the queue. Yeah. They're the ones carrying some bags and just chatting shit amongst each other. Yeah. And they're just like, these lads are funny. Give, give, give them 20 quid and some pills. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going on to WCW. <laughs> doing all right. We're doing all right. So also this week... Kevin Nash is <laughs> Kev's here. Kevin Nash is this on This is where the big boys play, eh? Look at the adjective. Play. He'll never live that down, bless him. <laughs> he won't. So he, he's he's debuted. Uh, as as Dave's put, dressed exactly like Diesel. I don't remember Diesel just dressed like a man. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was dressed nothing like Diesel. He's wearing a cap, isn't he? He's wearing a cap and like... Like a cash T-shirt that he bought from, I don't know, Target or something. Yeah. Like, it looked nothing like Diesel. So Nash is there, and him and... Him and didn't once go honk honk. No. <laughs> didn't put on his glove and start going... Hey, if you've got a glove, then we could be friends. Ooh, what a pittance, etc. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave's gone on, blah, 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 blah. He thinks they're going to keep the identity of the third member, the third man of Nash and Hall's team a secret until the July 7th show, which I presume is... Bash of the Beach. Mm-hmm. There are things that lead Dave to believe it may not be Lex Luger after all, which is, is a mistake in his opinion. Rumors are flying it'll be Jeff Jarrett, since Vince McMahon on the WWF hotline brought up Jarrett's name with Diesel and Ramon as expecting him to join WCW. 
No, that's what I thought of it. Yeah, he didn't bear. I'm sorry, we're so unprofessional at times. Oh, it's, it's great. <laughs> this is why people are here. So Jeff Jarrett has given his notice to Titan and is working out his notice in USWA, USWA and he is WCW bound, which I always forget about this run of Jarrett when he turns mm. up in WCW. Yeah. He turns up, he's kind of in the horseman, but he's not. But it's also around the time of everything else that happens in WCW. Mm. I did a script a few years ago, uh, like 10 people you forget were in WCW and I put Jeff Jarrett's 96, 97 run. And loads of people was like, I remember this. And I was like, yeah, but it's it's considering every, everything yeah, else that I, happened. I was lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Very lost in the shuffle. Um, so the, <clears throat> we reckon at Bash of the Beach, the WCW team will be Sting and Randy Savage and either Ric Flair or Lex Luger against possibly Diesel, Razor Ramon, and Jeff Jarrett. So... Yeah, certainly not Hulk Hogan in the mix at this point. Hulk Hogan, apparently Hogan and Scott Hall, uh, a potential feud. Yeah, that I heard at this point. Yeah, uh, and, David, yeah, David mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. No way is Hogan involved other than feuding with Scott Hall and maybe Kevin Nash no. before facing the giant. That's where he's at with it. Who sides? Was there anything you said about Mabel? Because I know Mabel was a consideration. Mabel was a consideration. There's nothing else in this one at the moment, but there was a consideration if they're going for an invasion of WWF stars. I mean, he's he's not a subtle man, Mabel. He's massive and former King of the Ring as well. As Mm -hmm. long as he doesn't fucking break anyone's orbital bone. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I I have read that he was considered to be part of the NWO at some point, whatever that is. (laughs) But despite this... Raw beat Nitro in the ratings again. Raw did a 2.7 and a 4.4 share. Nitro did a 2.6 and a 4.4 share. Raw is better week-to-week television yeah. than Nitro. And we've been watching Nitro for like 30-odd weeks now. Yeah. And Raw is a better weekly TV show than Nitro. Nitro has more money. It ha- it looks bigger. Yeah. It feels bigger, but it's difficult to watch week to week. Yeah. Like you can, it all just feels like they're booking by the seam of their pants. Whereas at least with WWF at this point, you feel like there's, there's the story yeah. that's being told and you can follow it easier. And you know, the, it's also, it's it, the way that it's put together. It's, it utilizes their limited, um, their li- limited, their limited money and their limited means mm. really well. Yeah. They, you know, in a Paul they, Heyman style, they accentuate the positive and hide the negative. They're yeah. very good at that. Here. They get a lot done with fuck all. Yeah, they get a lot. a better way of saying it. They get a lot done <laughs> with fuck all. So in WCW, there is heat with Pierre Ouellette and Jacques Rougeau. Oh, no way. Who are scheduled to start in July as the... the, the PCO, no. Are they the amazing French Canadians, the fantastic French Canadians? Fantastic French Canadians, I seem to think. Apparently the Quebecers are upset because they believe WCW hasn't been giving them the support and agreeing to do a large stadium show in Montreal, ah. which PCO is still trying to get in 2020, whatever. He was trying to get it before w- uh, Ring of Honor went out of business before being reacquired with by Tony Khan. He was saying, I want to do the Olympic Stadium in Marseille. I reckon we could... Marseille. In Montreal. <laughs> we we could do that. It's like, hmm. But then, has... has He's a promoter in Montreal. Yeah, but Pierre Ouellet. A 60,000-seat building. And I guess it's him going on last. Yeah, more than Going over. So WCW don't want to take the risk of running in a 60,000-seat building in a market they have no history in. Fair. Uh, Rougeau's been wanting to do a show at the stadium ever since he he sold out the forum for his retirement show in 1994. And the WWF next to doing a show at the stadium was the prime reason he split with the WWF. Mm. As we know, Ray Rougeau holds a lot of weight and influence 
in that area. Yes. He will he will get Hogan to do a job on our show, won't he? And he has yeah, he has done. There's been a few times where yeah. they've done uh matches with that. I think was it was it Kevin Nash that had a similar there was Mate, a similar yeah, function yeah. in the WWF where, yeah. where Pierre Relay had a uh, a main event against Kevin Nash, wanted uh, to win. And then went to cut, double count out. It did double count out because yeah. I can't lose in Montreal. So <laughs> that, that'll be said again in a couple of years. <laughs> L, you fuck. Montreal, don't be so weird about wrestling. <laughs> More WCW news. I promise we'll get to Raw in a minute. Oh-ho! WCW has expressed interest in Scott Levy, oh. a.k.a. Raven. Ooh! Johnny Polo? Who the fuck hired Johnny? <laughs> so they want Raven to join forces with DDP. Apparently, that was the reason why DDP recently went to an ECW show, was to talk to Raven, saying, come, oh. come back, because obviously he used to be Scotty the Body, Scotty Flamingo, in WCW, and the same time, yeah, come, come back. Come back. Yeah, which I love Raven, so... Mm. We'll see how that ends up. Yes. And a uh, last bit of bollocks, because we like a bit of bollocks here. We, we like a bit of blimsters. <laughs> bit of bollocks. An Observer subscriber is one of the execs producing the movie The Giant was filming in Oregon with Reggie White, Pat Morita, Rosie Greer, et al. They convinced the director to reshoot The Giant's fight scenes to use more pro wrestling spots. I looked this up. It's a movie called Reggie's Prayer, starring Reggie White. White stars as Reggie Knox, a pro football player who retires, frustrated because he hasn't won a championship. Knox begins coaching at Portland, Oregon high school football program where he befriends a troubled student. Also with, for some reason, Mr. Miyagi, The Big Show, and MC Hammer. This so- is a <laughs> show! How have I never heard of that with so many stars in it? Yeah. So that is all the Observer news this week. It's This is the tip of the iceberg. It's going to be probably this junkie. Going for Busy boy, getting ready for the war. Get ready for the war. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's talk Monday Night Raw from June the 10th, 1996. Yokozuna already in the ring to get us started. Well, thank fuck. Thank fuck. <laughs> he faces Owen Hart in a King of the Ring qualified to open the show. Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon are ringside. Lawler has a portrait of the ultimate warrior. I've been waiting for this. 
He wants to present it to the warrior later to smooth things over between them. That's a lovely painting. It's a really good painting. Lawler's really good. Yeah, he is. Lest we forget. Uh, also on tonight's show, we're going to hear from Shawn Michaels, who is at WWF Studios. And The Undertaker is one-on-one -on -one with the British Bulldog. <laughs> I want to fight with Deadman. <laughs> Well, that's, a, oh, well, that's, that's another hour of content for it. <laughs> and another thing, Vince. That's, Vince left the room an hour ago, Davey. That's a mop. <laughs> Can I keep this chair? <laughs> I want in my new contract this chair and that globe. It's got drink in it. Tom, I love it. <laughs> it's, oh, put mouthwash in it. He'll drink anything. It's hilarious. Anything <laughs> I bought some wet wipes. He drank them. Um, <laughs> Anyway, Owen jumps Yoko from behind to start the match, but gets flattened with a clothesline early on. Yoko is, quote, to Vincent Mann, bigger than he's ever been at 666 pounds. Jesus. It's got to be a work number. 666. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be a work He is number. a big boy, though. But this is, this is off the back of him going for uh, to go into fitness camp. Yeah. And basically <laughs> every night going out and eating fried chicken and coming back, lying to, I think it was Bruce Pritchard or Michael Hayes that checked in with him. I think it was Jim Ross. Was it Jim Ross? Jim Ross, yeah. Jim Ross that checked in with him and every week, yeah, I've lost five pounds. And I go, you lost five pounds last week. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, like, from last two weeks, I've lost five. And it just turned out, ah, he's just bullshit. He's sneaking out and eating. With Vader. <laughs> oh, you naughty boys. Fucking hell. The amount of chicken they must have oh, ate. Oh, jeez. Could you imagine them coming in? <laughs> All leavers cancelled. Um, but, but, like, I, I like a bit of chicken. Ah, uh, yes. But if someone said to me, right, you've got to go lose weight or we'll terminate this contract where you probably earn about 400 grand, I'd be like, I'll lose a bit of weight for 400 grand. I will lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, Guru Larry is on, was on Desert Island Raps this past weekend. Uh, love his chat to Guru Larry. Hello, you. Hello, you. Uh, and obviously, he's gone through like a dramatic weight loss thing mm. lately. So I asked, like, what was the uh, inspiration behind the inspiration? Like, what was the inspiration behind you, you know, wanting to uh, get in shape? He went, well, having a stroke would do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, okay. Wowzers. Yeah. And he went, you know what? If it's that or dying, I'm going to lose weight. I kind of admire the, like, because I, I don't know whether I, even if I'd had a stroke, I think it wouldn't be as straightforward as, right, get thin. I think I'd fall off the wagon multiple times. Oh, yeah. You know, I just really like cheese, Doctor. I've said this to Sean before. If I have got to, like a situation where a doctor said, stop eating chocolate, I'd just say, no. <laughs> it's, 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 it, yeah, no. it's my body. Let me have one thing. <laughs> That's all I wanted. It. Yeah. If I got to ninety and they said you got to cut out the booze, I'm like, is there any point now? Yeah. I'll just I'll drink double. Just have more. I'll just drink double. Uh, so Yoko is bigger than he's ever been. He slowly chops Owen, gives him a scoop slam, but misses a leg drop. He is knackered already. Cornette helps Owen out by cracking Yoko in the throat with the old tennis racket. We want Brett Chancellor ringing out. And they were loud. Loud as Owen takes down Yoko with a spinning wheel kick. That would be lovely. Yoko dodges an elbow drop from the Brett rope. He absorbs a headbutt and then returns the favor. Starts fighting back. How many... Okay, Jerry Lawler on commentary here. How many South American kids working in a Cantonese sweatshop would it take to make Yokozuna's King of the Ring robe? To which Vince says, you're on David Letterman's bandwagon now. I've done some digging. I, I can explain the context here. Because obviously, you know, in the 90s, it's made sense. All these years on, it doesn't. Okay. Mm. It was uh, this past month in the real world that it was revealed that the clothes made uh, on Kathy Lee Gifford's 
record label were being made in sweatshops. Oh, God. After being like an ambassador for all things good yeah. and virtuous, this was a shocking revelation. On the David Letterman show this past month, he used to do the top tens, top ten countdowns. And the one was the, one of the things he said was the top ten ways Bill Clinton could lose his lead in the polls. Uh, and number five was have his jogging shorts made at Kathy Lee Gifford's sweatshop. Ah. So it's back in the zeitgeist that Kathy Lee Gifford ran a sweatshop, yeah. essentially. So that's why it's been brought up this particular week. Yoko goes for the bonsai drop and just falls off. It was shite. <laughs> was this not the WrestleMania 10 finish? Ooh. Uh, I think it was. But hmm. I think he fell off and Brett pinned him. Does he just fall? Does Brett hit the ropes? I think he just fell. Hmm. I think he just fell. So this happening in the match with Owen has some nice symmetry. But they could have had at least a cornet crack the ropes with the racket or something. He just gets up and just goes, oh. Flails away. And a spoiler, this won't be the first time, this won't be the last time we have this exact finish for a Yoko match either. We have it again in a, in a month or two's time, yeah. if not before. Uh, Owen pins him as he hits the ground like a turtle, similar to the finish of WrestleMania 10, as I've said. The clumsy Yoko story arc has officially begun. Yeah. Uh, again, this is WWF booking Yoko almost to shame him. Yeah. They And I have no evidence that that's why they've done it, other than <clears throat> whenever a wrestler is deemed too fat by WWF, they take the piss on commentary across the decades. In 2001, we're talking about the big show on SmackDown, and every week there's a comment on his weight. On, on we, you know, we just did a watch along of Unforgiven, which features the infamous line, Big Show wanting that tag like he wants a double cheeseburger. So, like, it's pretty common for Vince to either himself or through someone else's mouth. Yeah. And shame you into losing weight. Even like the fucking the Piggy James stuff. Yeah. She wasn't even fat. I will fight for you, Mickey. I will fight for Mickey James. I will fight you. I will fight you to fight for you to fight for Mickey James. Mickey James, James will be like, I could batter you both and also go away, you cretins. Nick, <laughs> Nick Alders in my DMs going, uh, what were you saying? Nothing. Nothing. Carry on, mate. It's oh, all good. Barred from King's Lynn now. Oh, I like it there. It's got a good spoons. Thoughts on Yoko and Owen in our opening contest. Shite ending made Yoko look like a geek. Mm. Uh, and Owen was on the back foot for most of the match too, so it didn't really do favours for either guy. But it was a loud crowd. It made it work. And as a TV match goes, it was half decent. It was all right when I yeah. did the job. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, again, I'm a big fan of the beginning of the clumsy Yoko story arc. Mm. Bring that noise to me. We get footage of the Attitude Adjustment Tour. First time that we're using the words WWF Attitude. And it was in 1996. Uh, it was a tour of suburb and which featured uh, a night in suburban Chicago. Great turnout for a house show. Yeah, Rosemont, it's one of the... I think it's one of the old WWF strongholds, isn't mm, it? It is, yeah. yeah. So that, that's why they like it around there. Yeah. They always get a good turnout ah, there. Chicago as well. That's the thing when you... then They, they kind of go off the boil doing this. And they're, they're back on it now. But when you kind of make the tours feel like major events, like branding them, giving them a nickname, yeah. the Attitude Adjustment Tour, rather than just going, live events, come to live events. It's quite boring. That's why now you have Saturday night's main event and the sun, and Sunday Stunner. Sunday Stunner. Yeah. Where um, you have, you know, you, you have house shows, but they're kind of billed as special yeah. attraction house shows. And because of that, the turnout's always good for them. 
Yeah. It's better than better than it was before. Makes sense. Yesterday on the actions on the action zone, uh, Jake Roberts presented a very candid interview talking about his drug abuse and his subsequent rehabilitation. So we get a little clip of this to just to sort of bring us up to speed. It's a really like the whole interview is very it's against what WWF is all about. Yeah, I've put it here it's very refreshing for WWF because it's not him saying, "Oh, I had demons." It's him just saying, "Loved cocaine." Mm-hmm. My wife had to like pull sick out my mouth, and that I, line I, stayed with me. And when I heard it again today, I was like, I remember hearing that for the first time. Yeah. Like my wife staying awake, and what was the phrase that he used? Had my wife would dig vomit out of my mouth. Yeah, because he'd gone these drug and drink benders and sick up in the night. And she said there'd be a few times where he'd stop breathing. And he's and it's like a, I think I think the end thing on the action zone. I think maybe about five ten minutes long, like throughout the show. And it's just Jake Roberts sat on like uh, like a little um, path, like a little fly yeah. flyover path on the next to a pond, <laughs> next to a lake, <laughs> just talking very honestly. And this is a, a real, ref- like you say, refreshing. Yeah, it's it's very real. It's human. It almost makes him feel like the obvious winner of King of the Ring. It's the start of the redemption story. Yeah, because everyone always goes about, oh, you know. They did, they did the angle with Jake being a born again Christian, etc. But we haven't really heard much about it so mm. far. In Raw. So this, to me, because we haven't heard that yet, mm. this kind of sets the. If I was watching this first time around, I'd be going, Jake Roberts is going to win King of the Ring yeah. because they're kind of they're they're selling this sort of new Jake Roberts. Like this is his last chance, and winning King of the Ring would be like his his last opportunity, his redemption. It's story like story arc. Like uh, Terry Funk win the ECW title, but with obviously more real world implications. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. So we get a little clip of that as Jake Roberts sits down to do commentary with Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler. His commentary is quite insipid. I'll be honest. It's not like... He's, it's it's fine. He's got a great voice, but I, I think he is just legitimately watching the match. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it, that's it. He's not really sports entertainment announcing the match. Yeah. He's going, no, oh, that's a good headlock. Yeah. Like, which is which I kind of get, kind of don't. Yeah. I kind of he's he's there because obviously he's scouting for King of the Ring. Yeah. He's looking, he's watching both of these guys. Who is he watching? Well, he's watching Body Donna Skip and the Wild Man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in King of the Ring qualifying action. Uh, the winner between Mero and Skip faces Owen Hart in the next round. Uh, Vince asks if Jake's snake would die if it bit Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah. And oh good, we're starting a storyline between Jerry Lawler. And Jake Roberts. Oh, God. Yay. Thanks. I hate it. Steady away to start with these two. Mero looking fresh with some big arm drags and a flip back into the ring at one point. Skip turns it round, boots the face with a stun gun. The crowd are dead for this. Yeah. Now, I wasn't sure whether they just chose not to sweeten the audience for this match. There was quite a bit of audio sweetening. Mm. When Mero comes out with Sable, Mero gets an alright reaction. Sable is a loud reaction, but when you listen, it does sound a bit piped in. Yeah. And Vince always, on the charm offensive, calls her the most beautiful lady ever in WWF. And I just put, fucking hell, we've got years of this to come. As far as Vince is concerned, Rina Mero is the star here. Yeah. So they'll position her accordingly. But I mean, I was looking at Mark Mero here and his hair is terrible. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, just get rid of the get rid of the hair. He, he looks like a throwback at this point. He and does. they're trying to move forward and you've got this like, man with a mullet and leather undies and you're like 
change the look? Maybe? Yeah, it needs a little bit of a sweetener. Mm. They come alive through the crowd, though, apparently, or maybe the sweetening machine gets turned up to three, when Mero counters a missile dropkick with a standing dropkick. Mm. Uh, Skip gets back in control immediately, so I don't think it was effective. Uh, Mero counters a top rope Frankensteiner by holding onto the buckle. We get a near fall off a sunset flip. Yeah. That looked good, didn't it? Like that. It was uh, very crisp because, like, it was... Um... Goes for the sunset flip and then Skip gets out and kind of like cartwheels and hits a clothesline. It's just, mm. it's good wrestling. Just the crowd aren't really that into it by yeah. the sounds of it, apart from the little bit of the sweetening we get. Uh, Mero goes for a cross body. Skip dodges, so essentially Mero gives himself a plancher to the outside. <sighs> oh, I was watching it. He clears the top rope and then kind of tries to Bret Hart and grab a load of ropes on the way down. It just looked <laughs> an amazing bump. Skip misses one as well, just to match it. And, and just takes a flat back onto the floor, Gee. and I was like, lads, come on, easy, it's raw. In <laughs> June, <laughs> chill out. Mero hits the bad day. We're not calling it that, but I'm calling it that. And then soon after that, we get a top rope Frankensteiner for the one, the two, and the three. And Mero is into the next round of the King of the Ring. Yes, he is. Uh, we were reminded once again that body donors are looking for a manager. There's a Connecticut PO box popping up in the corner for anybody who's willing to offer their services. Thoughts on Mero versus Skip? I really like this. Very technically sound. Very good TV match. Both got the shine because they both look they're both good workers. I think Mark Mero is very underrated and obviously Chris Candido, anyone who knows the Runyons knows how good he is. They both bumped for each other. Their offense was exciting and crisp even if the crowd didn't really care but very good TV match. Mm. I don't think you're going to see probably that many better matches on Raw at no. this time you'll get good matches but just these two just went fuck it go for it like you're saying doing planches to the outside onto their own backs for no reason they just went for it and they matched beautifully they yeah. matched really well um, like you said next week Mark Marrow taking on Owen Hart in the quarterfinals mm. looking forward to that come for that the Sega Saturn Slam of the Week here we go Say Savio Vega versus Steve Austin from Beware of Dog 2 it wasn't really a slam it was just showing bits yeah the Sega Saturn Bits of the Week that would work. Be fine, wouldn't it? Because the amount of bits in a <laughs> ah, compressor. Look at you being computer. All right. All oh, break news. Jackie Orlando's off to work for Triple Jump. <laughs> Count down your favourite MMORPGs. Be, just me just being like, I've really gained much recently. I like Minecraft. I like Minecraft. I'll craft a mine. Yeah. <laughs> Wigan. Triple A titles don't really interest me, and I miss the N64. Over to you, Ben Potter. Do <laughs> you think if British Bulldog was to bring out a game, would it be Wigan Minecraft? <laughs> God. It's the sky's grey. <laughs> 400 restaurants all around. Yeah. I was going to say, moving forward, one bit that I've got in my notes from the last match of uh, Jim Ross with Yokozuna. Oh, did I not get that? I did, and I skipped right over yeah. it. Yeah, thank you for pulling that up. Yeah, so just as the entrances are happening, we go backstage to Jim Ross with a crestfallen Yokozuna. I've also got the word crestfallen. Yeah, <laughs> hey, look at that. I could just be crestfallen together. Yoko's gutted that he lost. Quote, this is not the old Yoko. I've got to go and find myself. To which Jerry Lawless says, I'm glad I didn't have to paint his portrait. There isn't that much paint. You now. bitch, Jerry. So is so Yoko again the clumsy Yoko arc? He's going to go find himself. I don't seem to remember him missing much TV time, but I might be mistaken. I went on cage match. He, I don't think he wrestles again until maybe August. Oh, and on this podcast, we'll only see Yokozuna three more times. 
Oh gosh! Yeah. One of those is the SummerSlam kickoff show. One of them's the kickoff show. Which spoiler is exactly the same finish as this match. And I saw it. It goes less than two minutes. <laughs> kind of finding yourself, go Yoko. Yeah. So I think he's got one more Raw appearance. He's got a the SummerSlam kickoff, and then Survivor Series, oh, and then that's that's it for our pal Yoko. <sighs> King of the Ring commercial up next. Jerry Lawler shoes off some hungry kids whilst he sits on his throne and eats old royal food. He chokes on a turkey leg and apparently dies. It's just as well. If he'd stayed alive, he'd have probably got gout. <laughs> he he goes to the great ring in the sky. Uh-huh. He stood on a soundstage where there's white smoke billowing around him and he's in the middle of the ring when he declares that he is officially in heaven. When all of a sudden, uh, he is jumped by Elvis Presley, King Tutankhamun, mm. King Kong, mm. and Don King. Mm. Uh, after his claims that he is the true king of wrestling. They all beat him up while judges run him down. One of the judges is a dog with a crown on. King Dog. King Dog. That's fair. Turns out he's in hell. We see the devil on a throne surrounded by fire. Was the devil Vince McMahon? The devil was Vince McMahon. The devil was Vince McMahon. (laughs) Why is that image not used more? With a drawn on Van Dyke beard, being very camp and just like hamming it up and giggling. And it was very apt. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very apt. I just don't know why people don't pull that image out more often. I'm sure this aired during Beware of Dog, but obviously we weren't paying as close attention. I don't think we were. (laughs) We were. But we can talk about it a but bit. But it here. was it was odd. <laughs> it was odd. But I do like proper when they do proper studio set mm. adverts for upcoming um pay-per-views and stuff. Obviously the famous one, the Royal Rumble, where they're doing West Side Story. Oh, that's brilliant. And the WrestleMania ones with all the, the Hollywood oh. clips. I like it when they do They stuff played like one of those on Raw on Monday night. Did which they? gives me hope they're gonna make some more since they're heading to LA. I hope so. Oh my god. Do it. Who who's the best one? I like Batista as taxi driver and he couldn't get the line. That was good. <laughs> Which is ironic because out of all wrestling actors, Batista is the best one. <laughs> and, and ironic, he's the one that's treated like a shit actor. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, I liked Undertaker doing Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. What did you see? <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, Bulldog doing um, sliding man. doors. <laughs> I was going to say Elephant Man. <laughs> <laughs> See this lad here? Oh, he's oh, oh, he looks bloody he's awful. Fucked out of gold. Pay me two guineas. You can see uh, elephant lad. <laughs> Bulldog doing love actually. Here, here, Diane. Here's your Christmas present. She's John I'm showing CD. I'm giving the necklace to that woman I'm seeing. Ron Atkinson tried to wrap it. I thumped it. Thumped it. I said, what are you doing with that stick of cinnamon? Shove it up your ass. <laughs> Dickhead. I don't want st- I don't want a stinky necklace. <laughs> I think that's a sex term. <laughs> oh, give us this. That is that is in a fucking dirty wigan magazine. And there's just like a housewife with a cigarette on the go. I'll give you a dirty wigan necklace. Call 0845. <laughs> 900, 200. 25p a minute. It's like, Sam, have you seen this phone? But Davey Boy with his little readers on the end of his nose. See this? 45 pounds, sex lines. 45 pounds, sexy Wendy. You mucky bastard. (laughs) 
Just use the AOL disc we gave you. It's free on there. If you want on dogs recently, because you'll need help with this. Yeah. Pours out some 20 pings. <laughs> so that's a King of the Ring commercial. Oh, and then God. a bit more. Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon are in the ring. They welcome out the Ultimate Warrior wearing a hat. For the first time. And the ever. only time ever. I had the... Um, like what OSW say, somehow a man in wrestling gear and a cap, the cap makes him look more naked. It does, doesn't it? Because usually, as they say, it's the last thing you put on. <laughs> so if you've put on a cap, you finish getting dressed. It just looks weird. Yes, it does. It's a very strange look. And did you notice with Warrior's face paint as well? Just black, yeah. slapped ash on. He just went, well, I'm wearing a hat. You can't see it. And I'm not wrestling. It so could be asked. Could not be asked. Lawler is playing a peacekeeper here because he doesn't want to fight the ultimate warrior. He says, it ain't easy being a king. So when I cost you your match in the King of the Ring qualifier, I was saving you the trouble. So if anything, you should be thanking me. Yeah. He puts over the warrior's comic book and presents warrior with the portrait. And as I put here, it is great to be fair. It is very good. It's a good portrait. So far, Jerry Lawler has been a perfectly nice baby face. Yeah. Hey, I've done you a favor. All jokes aside, here's a gift. He's like, I'm sorry. Yep. Shake her hands, move on. And like I said, his reasoning behind it, even though he's being a coward, he's saying, look, when you're king, everyone's coming after you. Yeah, so I've saved you a favor. And this is the best heels in wrestling have a, a proper agenda. And they, they have they have legitimate reason for doing the things they do. Not just because I'm a bad guy, lol. Yeah. There's like legitimate reason behind why they do it. You can understand why they do it. You might not agree with they what they're doing. justify their intention. Yeah. Which is exactly what it should be. Warrior looks at the portrait for a while and says, you may be an artist, but I see you as the biggest con artist there ever was. I could appreciate the art, which is nice. I, I do like that. He's like, really good painting that, Jerry. He's like, you've put a lot of time and effort into it. I will give you that. I was like, oh, good, good work, Jim. Yeah. In terms of things that the Ultimate Warrior has put over in his King of the Ring, in his return in 1996 so far, the only thing has been Jerry Lawler's art skills. Yeah. <laughs> He's put nothing else and no one else over at this point. I can appreciate the art, but there's one thing, there's only one king, and that's Warrior. And that's at the same at King of the Rings, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Warrior, he points at his hat, which says Warrior. Thank God it didn't say New York. Created by destiny and bonded by belief. The belief that at the King of the Ring, I'm going to kick your ass. Hey. Warrior poses to the crowd and Jerry Lawler cracks the painting over the back of his head. Lawler legs it. Warrior doesn't sell it, runs after him. This was a shit show. It was. It was a shit show. This is the first time I've ever watched this segment because mm. it's it's infamous. I think Jerry Lawler has talked about it before. Was it on the self-destruction of the Ultimate yes, Warrior? Yes, it was, yeah. And he's saying, you know, he's coming out for a hat in, in a cap for the first time ever. I wonder what's going to happen. I do like the fact as well that Jerry hit him with the wrong side of the painting. He hit him with the back, so the glass smashed rather than hitting him with the glass side. Yeah, so he was extra protected. Yeah. Warrior was apparently really anxious about this this particular bit of wrestling. Which, which is fair. It's yeah. fair. Um, the way that Jerry Lawler talks about it, like him wearing the hat was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Like a last minute decision that Warrior decided just to put a hat on and it caught everyone off guard. Did it spoil the fact that he was going to get a, a painting smashed over his head? I think that's exaggeration. I just thought it was a weird look. It didn't cross yeah. my mind. And he did bring into it by saying, as it says on my hat. Yeah, he, he incorporated the fact that there was... It was just the fact that he was in full gear in a cap. If he came out in like jeans and one of his big coats in the cap. Yeah, that would have been far more believable. Yeah. But the fact that he was in his ring gear and then wore a hat. One thing that's just popped into my head as well, I'm sure was it in the run up to 
SummerSlam 92 mm. when it was the whole, when Sherry Martel was with HBK and obviously Ultimate Warrior is still in the company. When she got the mirror smashed over her head, glass went into her eye, I think. Oh. And they had to get, she had to have minor surgery to get this bit of glass out. So perhaps that was in the back of his head saying, I remember when you hit Sherry with glass and she got glass in her fucking yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is me extrapolating something, but you know, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, we, I don't think it's a reason to to throw a man under a bus that he doesn't want to get glass in his head. No, that was a, a, an assassination. That DVD as well, oh. as, as funny as it is, a hatchet job. It really is a hatchet job. Bobby Heenan just saying, "Ah, fuck him!" <laughs> Everybody went, "Fuck him!" It was hilarious. And then he was just like, "Hey." And then said some really shitty things about disabled people. I'm like, yeah, you kind of deserve this one, Warrior. <laughs> but then he's all, it's all right now. Uh, so, yeah, you thought this was a shit show. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I, I was Didn't glad. enjoy to, this segment. I was glad to finally see this because, like I said, knowing about it for years, but it's but Also, it's bit, why the fuck are we getting Lawler and Warrior? They just love going to the Jerry Lawler well. He's not a star maker that they think he is. No. I'm just going to say it. They think he's like this vet talent that's going to yeah. help everybody through. He wins most of his story. He's story a heat lines. magnet. Yeah, yeah but... No. Because he's going to bounce from this to Jake. Mm -hmm. And then I think he eases up from there. I don't think they really put him in with anything until, until Brian Christopher comes in and he starts feuding with... Takamichi Noku. Yeah, and being... And then Al Snow from there. And and then fighting for the right to see women's tits on TV. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. He becomes a perv. Well, becomes. He, well, <laughs> that's a fair point. Well made. <laughs> King of the Ring promo hyping British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels. That will be your main event of King of the Ring. The rematch to end all rematches. And it's the reason why everyone remembers King of the Ring 96. That is exactly why. Nothing else. Mm. Main event o'clock as the number one contender for said title at King of the Ring. British Bulldog along with Jim Cornette, Clarence Mason and the lovely Diana Hart. Mm. Uh, face The Undertaker with the lovely Paul Ferris. <laughs> Bulldog is starting a fight with someone in the front row as Taker walks to the ring. He, is, he just comes out of the spotlight on him and he's just going, I'm fucking massive. And then he is just leaning through the ropes going, Yeah, he's saying he's... You're a twat. <laughs> he's kicking off at someone. How dare you, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I'm going to ring out, Tom. You're fucking for it. He's going to slap you, silly. <laughs> and get my brother on you. <laughs> it's just funny that he started a fight with someone in the, in the crowd as the dong hits. <laughs> and here comes The Undertaker. Uh, before the match starts, we get a picture-in-picture picture with Shawn Michaels, yeah. live from the WWF studio. Right. I mean, I'll be intrigued to hear your thoughts on this. I'll spell out what happened. Uh, he's asked about the title match at King of the Ring against Bulldog. And Shawn says, I'm keen to right or wrong. Do what I do best. Vince says that people think that he let the click down when he when he didn't win properly at, at the Beware Dog pay-per-view. Vince is interrupted by Jim Cornette, who jumps onto commentary to say, how did it feel when you were beat by the British Bulldog? Sean looks fed up, like he's been in a post office queue for too long. Yeah. And he admits that he felt like his world had gone when he lost the title, but it was obviously reset a few minutes later. Cornette then reveals that Clarence Mason's lawsuit against Gorilla Monsoon has been settled. Hmm. This is the one where Clarence Mason claims a lot of physical 
physical damage from Gorilla Monsoon when Gorilla Monsoon patted him on the back and yeah. forced him to the thing. They, they basically settled out of court. An agreement has been made that in order to make sure there's no shenanigans at King of the Ring, a special guest referee will be announced for the show and it'll be a referee chosen by Camp Cornette. And Shawn Michaels... <laughs> Shawn Michaels reacts to this in the same way that you would react when you get home and find that the washing machine has flooded. Oh, just... Another thing I've got to do. Just another phone call to make. I've got so much on my mind. I'm going to have to book a half day for this. Oh, fuck. I was going to use that half day to go on a fudge-making course. Now now I've got to fix the washing machine and deal with Cam Cornette's special referee. (laughs) Um, I personally thought this made Sean look weak. Yeah. I don't think this did the Shawn Michaels run any favors. Because he looked awkward because he was holding the title over his shoulder. But rather than having it like loose draped over his shoulder, he had it all folded up. So it was just kind of sticking in the air. Yeah. Did you think he didn't sound like Shawn Michaels here? His accent was coming through more. His like Texan accent. He had more of a draw. I think because he was talking softer. Yeah. I think because he was talking softer, he kind of had that, as you say, that accent coming through a little yeah, bit Yeah. So it, he seemed a bit off his game. Obviously, my mind went dark straight away. He's like, oh, God, he's not fucked here while doing this, is he? No mm. Um But he did. He. It wasn't like a whiny baby face. But like you said, he was just kind of like, rather than being like the fighting baby face, be like, throwing all oncomers, he can have Jim Cornette and Owen Hart as both referees if he wants to. I'm HBK and I will give it 100%. He was just kind of like, oh, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, just annoyed. I want to. Can't yeah. I just, can't I, oh no, can't I just come in and I win and I go home? <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. He was just annoyed. Yeah, I hadn't even actually contemplated that until he said it, but yeah, he just kind of like, fine. Uh, he did yeah. not, it wasn't the Shawn Michaels that we know. I guess they'll argue that he was caught off guard by it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cornette taunts Vince with the mystery of the great of the guest referee as Bulldog and Undertaker get underway. Few punches from Bulldog and Undertaker reversed it with strikes and a choke. Davy goes to Diane for a little hug uh, and walks off Undertaker's offense. Kind of shakes it off. Yeah. Like he's a, a dog. Uh, Taker goes for old school, which I guess we're just calling school at this point. Just school. Just school. Yeah. Follows up with a scoop slam and a massive leg drop. Lovely leg drop. Massive. Yeah, hang time he got on this. Break for Bulldog. He dodges a corner strike, lays in some punches, lands a stalling vertical on the Undertaker. The figure like before this, it was gorgeous suplex, very impressive. But before it, he hit a headbutt, but did an impression of Tugboat. He went, (laughs) 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 He needs to do that more. That's fantastic. It's like it's just like letting the pressure out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Taker is being worn down by Bulldog with a chin lock into the break and out of the break too. Uh, Taker briefly fires up. Bulldog stops his momentum with a neck breaker and a leg drop of his own. Mm. Taker keeps on coming though. Jim Cornette, he keeps sitting up after everything. He sits up after the vertical suplex. He sits up after the leg drop. Sits up after a scoop slam. Cornette says the Undertaker can have, quote, as many lives as Morris the Cat. And it won't stop the Bulldog. Who's Morris the Cat? Morris the Cat was the mascot <laughs> for the Nine Lives Cat 
food brand for over 30 years. They went through three different Morrises in this oh, time. I know that's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. They went through three different Morrises. So it was just, it was a cat that had like a, a like a posh English voiceover. It was like, man, all my food is shit except nine <laughs> lives. That's the best food around. <laughs> so that's Morris the cat. Good lad, Morris. Yeah, good lad, Morris. <laughs> Take a t- take a breaks up a long, long fucking headlock with a back suplex. Uh, we get one more ad break, and in the ad break is a plug for the WWF Superstar line. L- call now to find out has Brian Pillman joined the ranks of the WWF Superstars? And as I succinctly established in about forty eight minutes, yes, yes, <laughs> he bloody has. After the break, they fight around the ring some more. An Undertaker uh, takes advantage. He throws Bulldog into the ring, but Mankind appears from under the ring apron and grabs Taker's legs. Yeah. Uh, Cornet, I think, sort of telegraphed this in a roundabout way because about 10 minutes before, they were talking about Mankind on commentary and Cornet said, I check for Mankind under my bed every night. Uh And I thought, Uh and then when that happened, I went, okay. So because Mankind's got Undertaker by the legs, Undertaker can't get back into the ring. Yeah. Ref counts to 10. Bulldog beats The Undertaker! Yes! <laughs> Amazing. He oh. is he is just chalking up the Ws at this point is Bulldog. Beat Shawn Michaels. Chalk up the waffles. That's what he's doing. Waffle King. Waffles. <laughs> the potato waffles. Next door, sweet waffles. Uh, the next door is our Stroop waffle. Yeah. Well, we're Bulldog potato waffles. They waffly do a lot of things. Yeah. Some might say versatile, but I don't know what that means. Birds I say I'm not allowed to call them versatile waffles. No. No. Birds are king. You want a bird's (laughs) eye? Just 17 pigeons blind in the garden. (laughs) I'm taking it too literally. (laughs) That my kids stubborn facts out in their eyes. Poor little pigeons. They're not real. Do not. It's fine. They're they're, they're, they're rats with wings. It's fine. Uh, Don't hurt pigeons, please. Thank you. Uh, Bulldog wins. Mankind and Bulldog put the boots to Taker, but Cornette ushers Bulldog away. He's like, I don't want you hanging around with the smelly kid in school. Get out of here. And then it's, and I noticed as Bulldog leaves, Mankind almost looks a bit sad that his mate's going. Yeah. (laughs) He looks looks a bit forlorn as Bulldog. Bulldog doesn't make eye contact with him. Bulldog's just too busy like, look at me muscles. That's me done for tonight. Batted him. Go batted Taker. And Mankind's in the ring like looking at him a bit like, like sad, like yeah. Oh, mate's going and carries on hurting the Undertaker some more. Hits him with a with a pulling pile driver. I love Foley's pile drivers. Oh, they're good, aren't yeah. they? They're good. They look effective, very effective. He, he's winding up for the mandible claw, but then referees swarm the ring and and, and stand between take a wounded Taker and mankind. And the last shot we see is crazy eyes mankind with the with the mandible claw finger primed as the credits appear across the bottom. Cool yeah. way to end the night. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like Corner pulling Cam Corner away because the way he said it, he's like, I don't, I, 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 he's, he's frightened of mankind. He's like, I, he's unpredictable. Mm. I don't want my lads in there with him because what's to say that they won't turn around and batter Davy Boy? Absolutely, Owen. Um, but the match was weird. Yeah, I didn't get into the match so much. It dragged on a little bit. I don't think they had the chemistry that we were hoping for. Well, the first half felt like a house show match. It was just Taker doing the sit up again to diminish returns and then at the end it started getting a bit excited exciting cop out endings keep them both strong and but then the mankind attack saved it for me mm. definitely because like i was saying last week it, it seems weird with mankind because 
he's only interacted with Undertaker a few times. He choked him out after Mania, I think it was. Mm. There was the bitter uh, Beware Dog. But aside from that, they're just like, oh, Mankind's here this week, squashing a jobber. This is what we've needed to make this feel a, a bit hotter, him attacking Undertaker more, I yeah. think. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to where this is going. Thoughts on Raw overall? Decent Raw, good in-ring action. Uh, there's progression of King of the Ring, progression for the HPK Davey angle, progression for Taker Mankind. I do think they missed a trick by not mentioning Ahmed Johnson because he's got momentum. Even if mm. they were just saying, ladies and gentlemen, ne- next week, are we here from Ahmed yeah, Johnson? Yeah, just a or... little nod to him on yeah. the show would have been nice. Because, I mean, obviously, we had the last two weeks, it was about the Ahmed and Goldust stuff, but we've not heard Ahmed's reaction to Goldust. So even if it's just like, even if it's Vince McMahon reading something out, being like, Ahmed Johnson, we've tried reaching him for comment, but he is focused on his match. Yeah, or just a little something. It's Give us something, a little nod to yeah. Ahmed. But that aside, like I said, that's just a minor quibble. Yeah. Yourself? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the focus of the build to King of the Ring. Yeah. Like the, the with the qualifiers every week. I thought the, the Warrior thing was probably the weakest part of yeah. the night. I just, because I, I don't want Warrior and Lawler. I just don't. I don't want Warrior and anybody, to be honest. Ooh, He's a real round peg in a square hole. I, 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 oh, something in me waters is telling me we're not going to get that much more Warrior. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. oh. Call it a hunch. Uh, I thought Sean. Wasn't painted very well here tonight. Mm. Uh, Mankind certainly was. Yeah. So what? You know, such a mixed bag. Like some people were painted with beautiful brushstrokes. Others look like childish scribbles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mixed bag this week on Raw. Uh, busy week this week. Yeah. As for always the, for the rest of the week. Yeah. Hardest working man in show. Hardest working man in showbiz as yeah. well. Your secret project going well. Your latest secret project going well. I've, by the time this episode's come out, yes. Okay. I'm getting another book from Aiden. To, to read as part of prep for it. Uh, I've started actually mapping it out because I'm, I'm treating it like a dissertation. So I like, I think it's going to be about 16 chapters long, this video. At first, I thought it was going to be a 90-minute video. I think it might be two hours. Oh, nice. So this is why I'm, I'm putting in the, uh, the legwork from home. Um, but we're going to be... We, we sorted out how we're going to do these double tapings before everything kicks off a rumble and mania season. Yeah, so. so I'm just trying you to work no, everything You in. shouldn't notice, like if you're listening to this, you should notice too much. Like it'll, there'll be shows on the same days and yeah, stuff, but yeah. we'll be recording them at different times. But they'll be here up until mania and stuff. So it's yeah. all, it all should be fine. And anything nice in the pipeline? Uh, I want to thank everybody who downloaded my latest audio documentary yesterday, mm. uh, which was called Bring It Back. Which is uh, the story of The Rock's last WWE title run. Oh, see, I've been a bit of... Because I've been away, mm. I didn't know this had come out. So 10 years ago, yeah. uh, on the 28th of January, 2013, The Rock beat CM Punk for the WWE title. And that was the last time he held the title, and it's the 10-year anniversary of that. So we told the story through audio means of The Rock dipping into Hollywood, how he ended up coming back, the rivalry with John Cena and how that bubbled over, what led to him becoming WWE champion, some of the backstage uh, devolution between he and CM Punk, yeah. uh, and the the eventual title reign that lasted just a couple of months and the, the way that it left again and, and where things are now. So I thought it was a nice point. It, at the time, you know, lots of conversation about The Rock uh, in you know, as we went to WrestleMania. Um so it felt poignant to mark yeah. the 10th anniversary Ten of his last WWE title run. How he, old do you feel? He shouldn't have been CM Punk. 
I know that's kind of the, kind of what we learn. I'm I'm with the mindset <laughs> with the rock that um, when we were discussing it last week, he's like, "Oh, is he going to come back?" And I honestly have no desire to see the rock ever wrestle again. What's really lovely is this is going out like two days after the rumble, so I like how if he's come back, keep that bit in. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just one of them, like rock legend, great, etc. But he just he takes too much time and too much shine. Oh, nice. Too much time. That was right off the top of my head. Nice. Um, most electrifying man sports entertainment, of course, but it's just one of those. It's just like I've, 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 seen, I've seen it rock. So you, so you didn't enjoy on Saturday the bit in the Rumble where it was just Rock and Austin in the ring together, and no one else. Well, it was fine, but that's all right, wasn't it? When that it, happened, it was twenty years after the last time, <laughs> and now Steve Austin's held together with you know string and paper clips, and the Rock is. I'm not going to say that because it's libelous. How so rude of you. <laughs> <laughs> he's a walking steroid. Oh, um, hello. Now he lives in the Iron Paradise. What are you talking about? I, I mean, I mean, they don't they don't test part times. And this <laughs> and this feels just like living in paradise on the Cold Hollow Classic Raw review. And I don't wanna go home. He's there. He's with me. <laughs> Till the next back together. He is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together. We're at Cold Holic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Vince, can I keep this pen? It's a nice pen, that. I'll use that for bookies. Oh, you've got a whole drawer of a minute. Can oh. I take... I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take t- a few. Take a few. You won't notice a Hercules. Shut up. Dog go, barking. Go play with traffic. Go play. I'm going now, Vince. Bye. It's 25 years old, that dog. <laughs> Been hit by a bus. Hard as nails. Fit as a butcher's dog. I fed the butcher to him. <laughs> These aren't going to get shorter. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 